Well, before we get started, I need to let you all know that if you're taking notes, if you're one of those people that likes to fill in the blanks, don't do it today. (laughs) I uh, rearranged things last night, so um, this is all fresh, hot up the press. So yeah, so just so you know that ahead of time. Hey, last week, we once again celebrated the 4th of July. How many of you took advantage of that day, had the day off? Maybe, yeah, yeah, I did too. And, you know, we were sitting up the lake, and we were watching the fireworks, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, this many years later, like 230-some years later, after we're winning the war with England, and we're still setting off fireworks, and we're still partying over the fact that we have our independence. We like to celebrate, don't we? It's fun. But we can't forget that for every victory, there were many sacrifices made. There were men and women who chose to lay their life down in order to make our freedom a reality. I was watching the news a little over a year ago when they reported that a soldier from Spokane had died in Afghanistan. And I looked up and I immediately um, recognized the family. And I just lost it because, you know, their son, Jared Lallier, I think we have a picture of him, He's the same age as my son, Kenny, and I just couldn't get past how much pain they must be in. And I went to the memorial service, and while I was there, they read a letter that Jared had written to his family before he was deployed, and it made such a huge impact on me, I, I haven't been able to forget it. And so I wanted to read you a portion of that letter today. Dear family, if you've been given this letter, it means I did not make it through deployment. To start off with, I am not sorry that my life has been given for my country. Ever since I was little, all I can remember me saying is, Mom and Dad, I want to be a soldier. I don't know why, but watching war movies, hearing war stories from my uncle and others, I believe started this fire inside of me, this dream, to answer the call that I had been given. All of you have been more than a blessing in my life, and I thank God every day for you guys, everyone being so patient and understanding and supportive through this life-changing experience of mine. I know that this letter is probably unexpected, and it'll be hard to read, but I think it will help with closure. I wish for you guys to not mourn for me, but to celebrate I'm ready for this. (laughs) Celebrate the success that I've done with the amount of time that I've had on this earth. Celebrate the memories and the times we've had, and don't bundle up and not share my story. Rather, express my story with everyone, and hopefully I can somehow change someone's life. I hope that happens today. I'm just so touched by Jared's perspective about what happened to him, the idea that he could say that love was worth dying for, that he didn't regret any of it. That says a lot about what was important to him, doesn't it? Don't you want to be like this young man? Don't you want to get to the end of your life and look back and feel good about the time that you had, the time God gave you and what you did with it? Like Jared, I don't think there's going to be any of us that regret those times that we chose to actively love others despite what it cost us. The message today is right out of John 15, and like Jared in this passage, Jesus is taking 
the opportunity to say goodbye to his disciples. You see, in only a matter of hours, he would be fulfilling the mission that God had given him, and he would die a very brutal death on the cross. But his friends, his followers, they weren't prepared for what they were about to witness. And so Jesus spent time explaining that he was going away. He comforted them and said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you and, and that we can still talk to each other and he'll be there to encourage and support you. And all the while he's giving this farewell address, John, one of Jesus' best friends, is writing it all down. And that's what we have with us today. And so in verse 9, Jesus says this. It's very short, but it's very powerful. He says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. You must go on living in my love. You must go on living in my love. You see, when Jesus said goodbye, he wanted to emphasize the fact that they were to keep on loving. Keep on loving God. Keep on loving others. I wonder why he thought he had to emphasize that. Do you suppose he thought that maybe this tragedy, that what they were going about to see him experience would maybe cause them to pull back. Maybe he thought that they would regret ever leaving everything behind to follow him, or maybe they would feel abandoned by him. I mean, you gotta, you got to figure, they had seen Jesus do some really powerful things, right? They had seen him raise people from the dead. They had seen him feed thousands of people with just a little fish and some loaves of bread. They had seen him walk on water. I mean, they believed that he was Christ, the Messiah, who'd come to earth to rescue them from the life they were living. But what they didn't expect, what they didn't realize, is that that rescue would come by way of the cross. And so Jesus spends time and he says, keep on loving. Have you ever had an end of a relationship affect your desire to want to keep on loving? My son, Kenny, he's here today, um, came up for a week to spend time with us, but he grew up in this church, and four years ago, he went off to college in California to become a pastor. And last year, he started attending um, a church called New Life, which is in the heart of West L.A. Not the safest neighborhood, mind you. Not the safest neighborhood. I, I pray about that a lot. But Ken is the youth pastor there, and that's where God called him. And he says by far the biggest challenge he faces with these kids is their abandonment issues. Over 80% of them have had fathers exit their life at a very young age. 80%. So this becomes a pretty big obstacle when they're going to share about how they should trust Father God with their lives. When all they know is that dad leaves when the going get tough, it, it takes a little more than just saying, oh, God won't do that. No, they need men in their lives who will model that kind of love. Ken and his leaders can't take away some of the damage that was done to their hearts, but what they can do is show them that not everybody who loves them will leave. Maybe you've lost someone you really loved and it's left a scar. They left you or they died. Maybe a spouse, a parent, it could be a child. And since then, you find yourself holding back holding back from a commitment to love others, holding back from God. God wants to say to you today, keep on loving. 
God created you to have deep relationships, lasting relationships, not only with people, but with him. Well, what did Jesus say next? He says, if we go on loving, we can expect a couple things to happen. What can we expect? Well, let's read what he says here. He says, I have told you this so that you can share my joy and that your happiness may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love each other as I have loved you. There's no greater love than a man should lay down his life for his friends. So what I see Jesus saying here is that we can expect two very different things to happen if we keep on loving others. It's like a two-sided coin. On one side, he says, we can expect love to cost us something. Loving others is going to require some things of us. What is it going to cost? He said it's going to cost us laying down our lives, laying down our time, laying down our energy, some of our resources. But what's on the other side of that coin? Joy. There's the reward of joy. He says, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. So one side of the coin, sacrifice and cost. The other side of the coin, reward and joy. Two very different things. Has that been your experience? Is this how you think it works? Or do we sometimes get caught up in that love and feeling and we think that maybe love isn't going to require anything of us? It's going to be smooth sailing baby. For Kenny to love the kids in his youth group has meant some sacrifices. He chose to stay down in L.A. this summer to live in the dorm. How many of you remember living in the dorm? Kind of tough. A little bit of a sacrifice. He, he gave up time with his family, delicious home-cooked meals from his mom, time with his girlfriend. He gave all that up because he knew that three months away from these kids was going to hinder the relationship he's starting to build with them. So love has cost him some things. Well, what about the other side of the coin? Has there been any joy? A couple weeks ago, he called me. And he was so excited. I had to get like, what's going on, you know? And he said, Mom, they got it. He'd been at a youth meeting, and he said his youth leaders, who he's been coaching to, to really invest in the kids, did it that day. I mean, they sat next to the kids. They were getting phone numbers. They were making plans to communicate during the week. And, and my son had joy because he saw hurting, lost kids being loved on. See, this is what Christianity is all about. It's not about a religion. It's not about keeping a bunch of rules. It's about love, right? That's what it's all about. And I just want to brag a little bit and say this is a loving church. Many of you are loving people week in and week out. And you guys are my heroes. Matter of fact, I want to brag about two of you. And I think they're here. Vinny and Kathy Del Pizzo. They'll probably shrink in their chair a little bit right about now. There they are. I snuck a picture last week. They retired and moved to Spokane from California, and lucky for them, so did their kids and grandkids. So they got the whole clan up here. And I imagine when they got here, they thought, hey, the easy life, right? We're retired. I think they thought that until they met me. And for some reason, they will not let me forget that I'm the one that asked them to pray about leading Sir Spokane. They just won't let me forget it. But they've been doing that, I don't know, maybe eight years or so. And Sir Spokane has grown under their leadership. And so they are meeting practical needs in our community. There's a food bank that feeds hundreds every month. There's a clothing ministry. 
They do outreach events like the neighborhood event and the backpack giveaway that they mentioned in the announcements today. They reach out to kids through a mentoring program and a school lunch weekend program. They're making a big difference, them and and their whole team. Is it costing them anything? What do you think? Costing them a lot. Laying down some time, some energy, some resources. The kind of work they do is pretty um, labor-intensive. I imagine some days they're just plain tired. But what about the other side of the coin? Is there joy? So I asked Vinny. I said, Vinny, is there any joy in this? And he said, yeah. He said, I really get a lot out of helping meet the needs of other people. And he said, just now we're starting to see that the people that we reached are starting to come to Christ. But he said the biggest thing, the biggest thing he got out of it was knowing that he was doing what God had asked him to do. That was the biggest source of joy. Maybe there's some of us in this room that, that know that God is asking us to step out and start meeting some needs around us. It's kind of interesting because sometimes before people can hear the good news and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, they actually need someone who will be good news. You know, who will roll up their shirt sleeves and like come clean their house or take care of their kids or help them make rent. There's a lot of times that people don't really care about what you know till they know how much you care. Meeting practical needs is one way that we can do that. And we could all do this, right? I mean, we could all do better at it. Like, we have neighbors, we have family, we have co-workers that have needs. Pretty simple. But why don't we do it more? Why is it so challenging? I'll, I'll, know, I'll speak up and just let you know, I'll just confess it right now. The reason I don't do it more is I don't really feel like it. Feelings. Some days, I just don't feel like being loving. Some days, you can ask my, my son and my husband, some days I get up and you just better step away. Just step back, let her alone, let her be. I don't feel like doing my devotions and loving God. I don't. I don't. I may not feel like loving my husband or even being a pastor. Some days are like that. But Jesus didn't give us a pass when it comes to our feelings. Rather, he told us to love, to do what's best for others, whether we feel like it or not. See, we can make a choice to love others sacrificially, despite how we feel. I know a family who went out of their way to love like this, and the buyers were living on a cul-de-sac in their neighborhood when a new family moved in that had a daughter the same age as one of their two girls. And they became friends, and they started playing together. And it didn't take long to see that this friendship was going to really infringe on their family time. This girl's parents worked seven days a week, and their daughter's friend was really becoming a permanent fixture at their house. So rather than choose the us for and no more mentality, rather than limit their child to having a best friend who was from a nice Christian home, they started inviting the new playmate over. And she spent afternoons and weekends, and they took her to church, and and they took her to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and invited her to church camp in the summers. And this went on for two years. Not easy. And then one day the dad got transferred out of state and they picked up and moved and 
They never really knew what happened to her after that. Well, I know what happened because I was that little girl. We moved. In fact, we moved every year or two until I was a sophomore in high school. And I often found myself lacking friends. It was kind of lonely, difficult at home. Uh, I'd start to make a friend, and then it would be time to move again. And I got to tell you that, by and large, those years were pretty dark for me, except for the church. See, the experience I had those two years with that Christian family led me to look for a way to get to church every time we moved. I caught rides. I asked my parents to take me. Sometimes I walked. You name it, I did it. And the reason I did it was because the church and the people in it, no matter where I went, loved me. They loved me. There was something different about them. Life felt easier. It felt lighter when I was around them. Years later, now my kids are little. Mike's doing shift work, alternating patrol duties. I'm at the hospital working night shift. The kids are in activities. And the family across the street takes in a foster child, Eric. And we made a choice to include him in our lives. We invited him over. He was there before and after school. We took him to Awana's with us. And he was only in our life for a really short period of time. But I just pray that the time that we did know him, you know, made a difference in his life like it had in mine. And I got to be honest, it was an intentional choice we had to make because this little guy had behavioral issues, you know. And some days I thought, oh, this is the last thing I need is this troubled little boy at my house. But I did it because I had experienced it, and I wanted to share God's love with somebody else in that same way. See, we don't have to live by our feelings. We can make the choice to keep on loving no matter how we feel. We can make up our mind, yes, yes, Jesus, I'm going to love. And then we can do it. And then sometimes our feelings follow. Many of you know what that's like. Many of you have been in marriages and you've chosen to stay despite how you felt. You made a commitment for good or for bad, better or worse. I'm going to stick this thing out. And you went through the valley and you didn't feel like it, but you did. And you got to the other side and those feelings returned. Maybe right now you're in the middle of a situation like that. Still in the valley. You've made a choice to love somebody, but things aren't going very easily. They aren't responding. I'm in a situation like that. Not with my husband. Where's Mike? Things are good. (laughs) Clarify that. Um, But you know, I know what that's like. And Jesus knows what that's like. And what encourages me is this verse here. It's Hebrews 12 2. It says, Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. See, Jesus was able to continue to keep on loving others because of the joy that waited for him on the other side in heaven. And sometimes that's going to be our reality too, right? Sometimes we're not always going to see the fruit of the the sacrificial love we pour out on other people. And I think this is where, you know, the rubber really meets the road, right? Because anyone can love someone who loves them back. That's that's not that hard. (laughs) 
What's more hard is to love someone who won't love you back. That's tough. That's where the true believer really sticks out from the crowd. We can keep on loving despite the cost. It struck me as I was working on this that there might be some people here who, when I say true believer, true Jesus follower, there might be a little question mark in your mind. So I thought I'd better stop and ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you that you're going to heaven? How sure are you that you are a true Jesus follower? 1 to 10, you got a number? Because if you're anything but a 10, if you're anything but positively for sure certain, we can take care of that today. That's a, that's a can-do thing. It's important as we talk about loving others because we want to love, God, love others out of the love God gave us, right? The reason we love others isn't to make God happy, right? It, the reason we love others is because we want them to know how great God is, how good his love is. Some of you here may have that a little backwards. You may be inspired to love others because you want God to love you. You may even be doing some of the things we talked about today, serving, doing good deeds, things for other people because you want God to love you. See, that, that's already been done. God already loves you. You don't have to do anything else to make him love you. He loves you unconditionally, whether you mess up, whether you're good, whether you're bad. And getting to heaven doesn't have it to do anything about being, with being a good person. So I think we're all going to stop and just say that out loud. It's important. Getting to heaven doesn't have anything to do with being a good person. It's not about what you do. It's, what about, it's what's about already been done for you. So the whole gospel message is, really boils down to this. We're all sinners. We all have blown it. And the penalty for sin is death. And God loves us so much that he doesn't want to see anyone die. And so he sent his son, who was God-made man, perfect, lived a perfect, sinless life, has a spotless record. And he went to the cross to die in our place. When he hung on the cross, an exchange took place. And he took on our record, you know, all the sins and the death that we deserved. He took that on himself And in exchange, he gave us his right standing with God, his righteousness. And then three days later, after he died, he rose again from the grave. And he has victory over death. None of us have to die because of what he did. See, God has already done everything needed for us to go to heaven. All that's left is for you to take a step and believe it. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. See, we got to believe it. That's good news. It's not hard. It's something we can do today. And if you haven't done that, or maybe you've got a little question mark, then we can do, take care of that in the prayer after the service here. But for the rest of us, I want to wrap this thing up by just saying, let's Let's renew our vows with God. Let's renew our commitment to love others despite what it costs us. Can we do that today? Can we make today um, 
kind of a a, a line in the sand that says, yes, God, I want to do that. I want to be able to look back at my life and have no regrets, no regrets with the way I spent my time, with doing what you called me to do. Maybe as I shared some of these stories today, the Holy Spirit touched your heart, you know, you know what I mean? Get a little hot in the palms or a little frog in your throat. Maybe that happened for some of you when I talked about getting hurt, you know, and you know that's you. You've been hurt. You've been holding back. Maybe today you can decide this week I'm going to decide to take some risks. I'm going to decide to make a commitment knowing that love is dangerous. I could get hurt. But also knowing that there's joy from being in committed relationships with other people. That could be you. Or it could be that as I was talking about Sir Spokane and meeting needs, that you've kind of thought of somebody in your life that could use a helping hand. Maybe God's asking you to step out and start meeting needs in that person's life, or, or maybe needs in our church. We have needs all over the place. Kids ministry, elementary, needs some teachers who are doing like what my son Kenny is doing and just modeling God's love. Serve Spokane. There's other things outside the church, right? Meals on wheels, things like that. We can meet people's needs and we can put aside our feelings to do it. Or maybe you have a child in your life. It could be a neighbor, family member. And maybe you know that little child could use God's love. And he could get it from just hanging out with you. You could bring him to church. VBS is next month. You could bring him to VBS. You got to remember that you have God's love inside of you. You have his light. And just being around that child is going to brighten their day. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you (laughs) that um, you taught us how to love, that we can look at scripture and see how you lived. We can look and read about what you said about love, and God, we can really start to walk that out. It's right there for us, and I just pray, God, that you would help us do that, that you would help us to be true Jesus followers that are known by their love, that you'd help us to... See love as that two-sided coin that, yeah, there's going to be some cost. We're going to have to lay some things down in our life, but that there's also going to be joy. And I, I look forward, God, to the day that we stand before you and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I just pray that um, for anyone here that isn't sure that they're going to be there with you, Lord, that they're going to hear those words, well done. I just want to lift them up to you in prayer. And if that's you, um, I'm going to ask you to do something super, super bold, kind of kind of out there. But I think God will really, really appreciate the fact that you're stepping up. And I'd like you just to raise your hand and just let me know, yeah, I'm not really sure. And I'd like to pray with you today. Is there anybody here that would like to do that? see some hands. Perfect. That's great. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Let's pray with these these folks. Lord, I I just want to tell you that I know I've blown it, that I've sinned, 
Anna, God, would you forgive me of those sins? Would you wash my slate clean? Would you wipe the record off? Like, just just erase it all, God. And would you instead give me your right standing before the Father? Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to believe and take that step of faith. Lord, that you died for me and you rose again on the third day. And that because all that took place, that I can be sure I'm going to heaven. Father, we just celebrate those decisions today. Lord, I pray that these people would leave here confident in that decision. That that every time the enemy comes at them with doubt, they could just go, nope, I believe. I believe. Lord, and for the rest of us, we pray that you would just give us your joy today. Lord, give us your love for people. And um, Lord, help us to be a light to the world where there's just a lot of hurting, needy people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.